0: Awesome. Praise God. Give him a hand clap. Okay. How much y'all, y'all really love me? Y'all glad to be here? I'm going to preach something to you this morning. Might not like so much. But the Lord gave it to me and I had to do it. So y'all might as well suffer with me in my pain. Okay, how many of y'all really, I mean, seriously, I, I figure if you're here this morning, you didn't come all this way to be here at Lee Warner's Church to just play church, right? There ain't no sense doing that. I think all of us in here, you look around, you think about it, you know, unless you were just raised playing church all your life, you know, you, in this kind of church, you just like the atmosphere better, and we got, you know, better air conditioning or a softer chair or different music, you know, that you liked, to. Uh, there's no reason to be here. I believe every one of you here today, at least this is what I'm believing in my heart. If it's not right, don't tell me. I'm just believing every one of you here today is hungry for Jesus, want to know more, want to have a deeper relationship with the Lord, want to understand the mysteries of the things of God. Can I get an amen? Amen. Yeah. And you know, I, I got saved in 1985, so roughly 36 years I've just fallen on my face to, to know the Lord. And, you know, over the years, you know, I've, I've had a few things that I have found out I wasn't right. You know, I, I, not that not huge doctrinal issues, but just certain things I was believing. I, I was believing wrong. I, I really wasn't understanding the scriptures, but I just dug into the word and dug into the word and dug into the word and dug into the word. And I still to this day just digging in the word, trying to to find the revelation and the truth. And, and through all of that. I believe I know, I believe I know who God is. I believe I know Jesus' attitude. I believe I know how he acts. And so when I hear somebody say something to me, you know, like, well, you know, God he he just sometimes likes to punish you, you know, or something. And I hear something, somebody say something like that, and I'm like, that's not my God. That's not my Jesus. That's not who I know. I don't know who you're talking about, some religious doctrinal God or something. That it doesn't bear witness with me. It. it hits me. It'd be just like, it would be just like somebody saying something. Uh, 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 about one of you that was ugly. And I said, that doesn't sound like them at all. Hello. You know what I'm talking about? When you know a person and you've been around him, you spend a lot of time with them. If somebody says, well, oh, so-and-so did this. And you're like, what? that just doesn't, that doesn't bear witness. It doesn't sound right because you know him. Well, if you spend time with Jesus, you spend time in the word, you spend time worshiping him, you spend time reading, you do this, you begin to know, you begin to know what is God and what's not. Now, I don't know everything, I can't under—I can't tell you everything in the world, but I want to share this with you this morning. And like I said right off the bat, you're gonna like want to turn me off, but I, I beg you, listen to me, because at the end of the message, your relationship with Jesus can be deeper than it's ever been. And I believe right now in this day and time, we need to know what is truth. We need to have a relationship with Jesus so that when we hear anything going on, anybody say anything, you know. I mean, really, folks, you've got a video out there that goes either way. It's either absolutely this or absolutely that, right? And then there's some stuff flying around the middle. You need to know what the truth is. So the title of this message, um, I don't want to lose you here, but just hang on. The title of your mes- this message is Deny Yourself. Now, right off the bat, nobody's going to want that. They're like, myself, deny myself? I don't want to deny myself. I want to eat what I want to eat. I want to do what I want to do. I want to say what I want to say. But let me let me go through, get to this message. So Luke chapter nine, get your Bibles out. Woo! Luke nine twenty three is where we're going to start. I had another title here that I changed because I thought deny yourself would maybe, but the other title was get off your high horse. So, you know, <laughs> Luke 9 23. This is Jesus speaking. Then he said to them, if anyone desires to come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross daily and follow me. The word deny that Greek word right there. deny. If you look it up, it means to affirm that one has listen to affirm that one has no acquaintance or connection with someone. Second. Uh, reference to forget oneself, lose sight of oneself, and one's own interest. You hear what I'm saying? Now, think about this. When Jesus says, If anyone desires to come after me, let him deny himself, he's saying to beget to the place in life that you consider yourself, your wants, your desires, your, your, your thoughts. And you consider it as you don't want to know them. You don't want to associate with them. You don't want to have anything to do with those thoughts. You don't want to have anything to do with Robert's two cents. You want to know what does Jesus want. Okay? So he says here, he goes on, and he says, For whoever desires to save his life, you have to lose it. But whoever loses his life for my sake will save it. I remember in the early years of serving the Lord, and I was out witnessing to people all the time, and I would find people always saying to me, <clears throat> well, I don't know if I really want to serve the Lord because, you know, I, there's things in life I don't want to give up. And I'd say, well, just get saved and then see if the Lord tells you to give it up or not. Well, they didn't want to make that deal because they didn't want to change whatever they were doing. And so they would, they would say no. In other words, they were not willing to deny themselves because they wanted to do what self wanted to do. All right? Let me go on. He says, so what profit is it to a man if he gains the whole world and is himself destroyed and lost? It doesn't do you any good to get to the top of the hill and jump up and down and say, I am king, we have made it, We, I am I'm on char- top, I am on charge, if the world's destroyed right then. Right? For whoever is ashamed of me and my words, to him the Son of Man will be ashamed when he comes to me in his own glory and in his fathers and of his holy angels. But I tell you the truth, there are some standing here who shall not taste death till they see the kingdom of God. Now I want you to jump over to the book of Job, right before Psalms, the book of Job chapter 38. Now, if you, if you didn't already listen to Wednesday night's message <clears throat> Excuse me. I preached a message called "Boasting in the Lord," and uh, I believe I told the church at the, this night, that uh, that Wednesday night, that this story. But my daily reading, I fell into the Book of Job, and I'll just be honest with you: the Book of Job is my least favorite book of the Bible. But it's the Word of God, and it's in there, so I read it. So in my daily reading, I come through it. You know, I'm coming to the Book of Job, and I'm reading, and so I, I got. About to chapter 12, and I started just getting a little frustrated with the whole thing, so I had a conversation with Jesus, and I said, Lord, I'm just kind of sick of listening to Job and his friends, kind of sick of listening to all their lip, just kind of tired of the whole thing here, so I'm just going to skip over here to verse 38, or chapter 38. i want to skip like 15 chapters. I've never usually do this, Lord, but I'm just sick of listening to him. I don't want to listen to him anymore. And so I, I didn't hear the Lord say, I'll fry you if you do, you know. And so I did. And so I jumped over to chapter 38. And it was so funny because I started laughing. I was like, you always bait me into this. I move and think, well, you know, he's probably mad at me because I moved. And then he was right there and got me in the move. So I jumped over to chapter 38. And if if you've ever read the book of Job, you know, it's kind of a confusing book. You have to really, really stay with it because you've got Job and then you've got his friend's coming to him, trying to console him, but they're not really consoling him. They're really hammering him that he didn't live right and God has done this to him. And Job's defending himself then. And so you got to really be careful because as you're reading the chapters, some of it's his friends talking, some of it's Job talking, and they're going back and forth, you know. But either way, chapter 38, God shows up. Everybody say God shows up. Sometimes in life you just need God to show up and go, and set you straight. All right? So chapter 38, he shows up. Shows up in a whirlwind. Tornado comes out. Whoosh, shows up. And this is what he says. I'm reading Job thirty-eight three. That's where I want to start. God says to Job, now prepare yourself like a man. <laughs> Stand up and put your big boy pants on, man. Stand up there like a man, and I'm going to question you. Now, you know you're in trouble right there, right? (laughs) Right? You're pretty much sunk that God has got you in the hot seat, and he's going to question you. And he says, and you shall answer me. Where were you when I laid the foundations of the earth? Tell me, if you have understanding, who determined its measurements? Oh, surely you know. You see, listen, folks, when you read the scriptures and you look at it, you can see that that Jesus did it because he learned everything from the Father, and there's times in the Bible that God, I mean, he's basically like a smart aleck. He basically just puts it to him. Jesus did the same thing. Just put the screws to the Pharisees. Said He said something to him. Well, he just without sin, let him cast the first stone. I mean, he just, he just had this way to, phew, phew, phew. I love that about him. So he just says, God says right here, oh, surely, you know, you're smart, boy. Been listening to you yak down here for all these chapters. <laughs> or who stretched the line upon it? To where was its foundations fastened? Well, who laid the cornerstone? Oh, by the way, when the morning star sang together and the sons of God shut for joy, or, or they shut the sea with its doors when it burst forth and its issues from the womb. Where were you? They look down at verse 12. He says, have you commanded the morning since your days began and caused the dawn to know its place? Go to 17. Oh, by the way, he said, have the gates of death been revealed to you? Have you seen the doors of the shadow of death? Have you comprehended the breath of the earth? Well, tell me about it. If you know all of this, where's the way to the dwelling of light and darkness? Where's its place that you may take it to its territory, that you may know that the past of its home? Do you know it because you were born then or because the number of your days is great? You see how God just stepped up here. And just put Job in his place, because all through those other chapters, Job is telling his friends, I'm right. I, I know what God is. I know who God is. I know what he's doing. And God, he's basically been unjust to me. But, you know, he's God. And if God wants to be unjust to me, he can be unjust to me. And the friends are saying, no, God hadn't been unjust to you. You don't know what you're talking about. And they're going back and forth all through this thing. So God just shows up and said, boys, let's just let's just put this in perspective. You think you're smarter than me? You think you have the ability to sit in heaven with me on the, on, on, by my throne and tell me how things work? You think you have the ability and all knowledge to understand God? I am so sick and tired of people who think they know God getting a voice and then launching that voice out into the world and saying that they, they, they understand all this when they don't know, come here from Sikkim. Hello? And God, that's what he did to Job. He just put him in his place. He said, you don't know anything. And you're going to come here and you're going to challenge me that I have done wrong to you? And so what happens to us humans? Here now, here we're going to go. It's going to get a little sticky. Just hold on. It's going to get a little sticky, a little hot. Just Just a few more minutes. What we do is we humans, if we can't measure ourselves with God, we then begin to measure ourselves amongst each other. And then what we want to do is, as we're measuring ourselves with each other, you don't feel quite as bad about yourself as long as you feel like you're smarter than at least, you know, a few more people. Hello? So we go to places of higher learning, higher education, you know, whatever, and then we try to feel stronger and elevated and smarter because the truth of the matter is you know you can't really argue with God okay I'll never forget years and years ago uh, I was down in Houston and I was actually with Pastor Randy and we were sitting in a restaurant and a guy walked by and he was a little weird a little different and uh, he walked by and Pastor Randy said he just started laughing he said what are you thinking And I said, I was just thinking, I wonder if that old boy could skin a deer. Because that's where I was measured. what what amounted to a person in life. They could skin a deer. Well, I guess he's all right, you know. And so we set these things in life, and we start measuring ourselves against each other. Oh, so-and-so, you know, they had it easier. Oh, so-and-so is this. Oh, so-and-so this. Oh, so-and-so that. Or at least I'm smarter than them, and ain't dumb as that rock over there. And, you know, we go through this thing. Because the bottom line is we don't ever want to come to the place in life that we want to deny ourselves, humble ourselves before the almighty God and say, God, you know, if it wasn't for you, I wouldn't have enough sense to breathe. Because, see, we're all trying to feel big, feel important, feel loved and like, 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 like we're needed and instead of turning to God and having a relationship with him because, man, we don't really want to do it God's way, we just try to be, feel better than everybody else around us. Hello. Y'all still love me? Yeah. So 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 12 says, for we dare not class ourselves or compare ourselves with those who commend themselves but they measure themselves by themselves and comparing themselves among themselves, I am mean, they're not wise. See, folks, you can never feel better about yourself by putting somebody else down. You can never feel better about yourself just, even if you didn't put them down, just thinking that at least I'm not as bad as they are. Because that's not where you want to be. I want to know that the that god almighty the creator of the world that did put the foundations together and he's got it all hung and he set the seas and he knows how far the waves are gonna go and he said all of that loves me that's why when a person comes to the revelation of how much god loves you that there's nothing that can separate you from the love of god romans chapter 8 nothing can separate you from the love of god and you understand that God loves you for who you are, even as inept as you may be in life, he loves you, that begins to break off all the bonds and all the chains of your life because the one who is the smartest loves you. Are y'all following me here? So people go through life and they suffer in life because they never receive the love of God in their life. They never, never open up their heart and say, Jesus, thank you for loving me. And have that love in them, so then therefore they have to compare themselves amongst themselves and they're miserable in life because all they're trying to do is go over here and be like Job and his friends, arguing and bickering about who's right, rather than having the love of God in your heart and not caring what anybody else thinks because you just love God and he loves you. The love of God is so powerful. To know you're loved by an almighty God, the creator of the heavens and earth and all therein. The God who set the boundaries to the seas, the God who spun the world into existence. That God, the most important person in the world, loves you. When you know that, then folks, how can there be fear creep into your life? Because you stop looking at God and start looking at yourself. And the moment you start looking at yourself, you're not denying yourself anymore. You're getting back reacquainted with self. And Jesus said, if you want to really walk with me, you've got to disassociate yourself with self. Am I making any sense at all? Because I don't know if this is just too hot a message, but some of y'all are really looking at me funny. I'll preach to them out there. I know they're all smiling. Everybody out there is just watching, smiling, drinking. Got another cup of coffee, another biscuit. Said, come on, preach it, pastor. Let's go to Acts chapter 9, verse 1. Acts 9, 1. It says, then Saul, still breathing threats and murders against the disciples of the Lord, went to the high priest and asked letters from him to the synagogues of Damascus, so that he might find any who were of the way whether men or women, he might bring them bound to Jerusalem. Okay, so here's the Apostle Paul. You have to remember the Apostle Paul was a Pharisee. That means the Apostle Paul could read the first five books of the Old Testament forwards and backwards. Okay, very highly trained man, very intelligent. Had to have high IQ to be able to do something like that. Right? Right? And so now he's got letters, he's got power, he's got authority because he views Christianity, they call it the way, but Christianity as damaging to his whole lifestyle, his whole sect. And so he feels that they are the enemy to God the way he knows God. All right? And so therefore he wants to squash it, he wants to put it down. So now he's powerful. He's got the letters. He's got the authority. He's got an understanding he's going to go get them. Men, women, and children, drag them in chains. Okay? So then he goes in and it says, uh, as he journeyed, he came near Damascus, and suddenly a light shone around from heaven. Then he fell to the ground, and he heard a voice saying to him, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? And he said, well, who are you, Lord? And the Lord said, I am Jesus, whom you are persecuting. It's hard for you to kick against the goats. Now, I want to stop here for a second because I want to interject something. It wasn't until I was getting this message and looking at this, I always, always, always thought Saul or Paul was riding a horse. Always thought that. I thought he knocked him off his horse. But as I read through the account, and then I read through the account of he said it doesn't say anything about riding a horse. Okay, so I can't tell you that he was riding a horse, but I'm going to paint with a broad brush and be a preacher here for a little bit. And I'm going to say he was on a horse. He may not have been right because we don't know. Didn't say he wasn't on a horse. We just know that he got knocked to the ground. Now, he could have got knocked to the ground standing up. He could have been on a little, you know, riding or something, you know, but he, you know, anyway. But I'm putting him on a horse. Because I want to paint this picture. He's got power from the church, the synagogue. He's feeling good about himself. He's feeling strong. He's feeling like he's doing God a service, even though how could you get that? Because you're doing God a service by imprisoning and killing people. I mean, you know, but he's feeling that he's doing God a service. So he's, he's power infused, right? In himself. So I see him on a horse because a horse is always a sign of, you know, in those days of power, people didn't have horses. So if you were on a horse riding a big horse, you mean you're a rich, powerful person. So I'm just saying in my mind, I see him on a horse. And Jesus has said to him, it's about time for you to get off your high horse. Jesus shows up. There's no fight. Didn't say Jesus took his sword, and knocked him off a horse. Didn't say he threw a bat at him. Didn't throw. He say hailstones down. He didn't do nothing like that. No, no, no. Jesus just showed up. Poop. Light was there. Boom. Knocks him right off his high horse. You see, folks, we forget how big God is. We forget how powerful God is. We go out there and try to put God and act like he's a human. We try to put him into this realm like oh, he's just like a really smart person. Solomon was supposed to be the wisest man in the world, and he fell. But we look at Solomon, we think, oh, yeah, he was really smart, but God, you know, he, yeah. And we try to put it all together like, like, like we can relate to it. Folks, you can't relate to God. You cannot relate. Oh, let me back that up. You can't relate to the wisdom of God. You, you, we didn't. We, hi, okay. How many of y'all in here want to take that we're going to make a planet and hang it? All right. You, you see what I'm saying? God is so big. He's so amazing. It's even amazing that he wants to have a relationship with us. So he just shows up. Jesus just appeared. Boom! Knocks him off his horse. Like I said, the Bible doesn't say there's a horse. Don't get mad at me. Don't send me a letter on this, okay? There's enough problems in the world. Don't worry about this. It's a minor thing. It just preaches good. Knock him right off his horse. And sometimes in life, when Jesus shows up in our life, you know what happens? Knocks us off our hot horse. Because if we're sitting on a high horse, we think we got everything in charge. We think we're doing God a service. We think we're doing everything all right. But sometimes you need to get knocked off your high horse and you need to wake up and realize that God is God. And if you want to live for him, you're going to have to deny yourself and your own selfish ideas and your selfish thoughts. And he doesn't really need your opinion. He just needs your love and your service. And the minute you get to that place, life changes and things get good. Because he said, "Well, well, but what if I don't ever? What if this happens? And what if I never get this? there?" But I'm just telling you: you serve the Lord with all of your heart; you deny yourself and just serve Him. He'll give you every every desire you ever had. He'll bless you more than you can ever. Than you think about blessing yourself. It's just a matter of who's in charge. So he said, he fell down here and says, and he says, "I'm Jesus. You're persecuting. It's hard against kick against the pricks and the goats." And he was trembling and astonished. He said, "Lord." What do you want me to do? Then the Lord said to him, arise and go to the city, and you shall be told what to do. And the men who would journey with him stood speeches, hearing a voice, but seeing no one. And Saul arose from the ground, and when when his eyes were open, he saw no one. And he was led by his hand and brought to Damascus, and he was three days at that sight. You see, this man went from all-powerful, riding his big steed, going out to conquer the world, to being a blind man, having to be led by the hand. Wouldn't it be nice if we denied ourselves, acted like we didn't know who self was and my opinion was and all that, and just said, okay, Lord, can you just lead me? Can't you just lead me down this road? We Texans, we're strong and opinionated people. We are. Very strong and opinionated. Very independent. That's why it's the lone star state. No more stars could fit in there but one. Or that's the only one we could agree on. One. Are y'all with me? And the point is, we get so strong in life, we get so opinionated in life that our way is right. Sometimes the only thing God can do to help us in life is to knock us off our high horse, show up and appear and say, "Uh, You want me to lead you by the hand? And the harder we would fight, the harder we would go in the opposite direction and not denying ourselves, well, then you know what's going to happen? Then the more trouble we're going to get into, then the more we begin to compare ourselves amongst ourselves and just keep digging us a deep, deep, deep pit. It comes to that place in life where we just have to fall on our face and trust God. Folks, listen to me. Everybody's prophesying about the end time, all right? What's going to happen? What's what's coming next? This is going to happen, or that's going to happen, and this is going to happen. You know what I'm doing? I'm waking up every morning saying, God, I just think I'm with you. You got me. Hard times come, I walk through it. Good times come, I walk through it. Say, so start building a boat, we'll build a boat. <laughs> Sometimes I get worried that I'm not, I, I like I'm behind. I hadn't followed the Lord uh, close enough for something, and I'm, I'm, I'm behind, but then the Lord comes in and reassures me, don't worry, I got you, it's all going to happen, just like I said, sometimes when I like reading the book of Job, well, I'm not going to read that anymore, I'm just going to skip to 38, and then boom, just hit him right face, face. oh, you want to come talk to me, <laughs> you don't know what you're talking about, uh-huh. so even when I thought I was getting away from this, I actually just walked right into it, and boom, God started speaking to me, and said, you know, Robert, I'm in charge. Do you trust me? You trust me? I want to get you from point A to point B. Do you trust me that I want to get you that the Philippians 1, 6, a good work I started in you and your family? I'm going to finish it. Are we going to trust him are we going to deny? Are we going to deny ourselves and trust him or are we going to keep ourselves in charge, holding God over here? By the right hand, while we keep trying to do everything with our left and keep trying to make everything happen the way when we want it to happen and when we want it to happen and how we want it to happen. Look at Luke chapter twelve. Luke 12. 16, sixteen. I'm sorry, Luke twelve, sixteen. It says then he spoke a parable to them, saying, The ground of a certain rich man yielded plenty. And he thought within himself, saying, What shall I do since I have no room to store my crops? And he said, I'll do this. I'll pull down my barns and build my greater, and I will build greater, and there I will store all my crops and all my goods. And I will say to my soul, soul, you've done many good, laid up for many years. Take it easy, eat and drink and be merry. Do you notice how this thing says, and he said, said to his soul, soul, like he's talking to himself, way to go, Robert, you did good got a good crop out there we might as well Robert let's go eat drink and be merry that's that person I'm talking about that needs to be denied that you don't want to have any association with and this good's talking to him say hey let's go out and have a drink so he says "Uh, but God said to him fool you know that the Bible, when you look up the word fool and you go through and look at how many times fool is used, it's always used with a person who doesn't know God. The fool said in his heart, there is no God. Fool is always used with someone that doesn't know God. So he's saying to this guy, you, you, you don't know me. This night your soul is required of you. So the guy, the guy was, his soul was being required of him. He should have been having, he should have been hearing the drumbeat of God. Boom, 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 calling him to get close to him, right? That's what he should have been hearing, but he wasn't. He was like, I'm going to build a big barn. The crops are good. It's rain. Hey, let me ask you this. Have y'all ever seen it this green in August? Literally. I mean, it is beautiful around here. Green. This is not August. This is not the August I know. The August I know is and dust comes out, right? So you could be like that guy saying, oh, man, you know, let's build a bigger hay barn. Let's do this. Let's do that. And God's saying, you listen, you need to get right with me. That's what's important to get right with me and trust me. Folks, listen to me. Like I said, there's everything in the world going on. And the world is getting more and more and more and more volatile towards one another if you don't agree with them. And you may think, well, that's not around here. Oh, it's around here. Oh, it's around here. And my point is, we need to know what Jesus thinks and what Jesus is saying to us. And what you do in life, you need to do because you know Jesus told you to do it. Not because the government told you to do it or mandated it. I'm just saying. All I'm saying, just to hear it, what is Jesus telling you individually to do? About anything. How you treat your neighbor how you handle your finances? What do you do with your health? See, don't be the person saying, I, I, somebody was joking with you the other day and they said, yeah, I said, I, I don't know about this exercise stuff. He said, I bought one of them P90X videos, been watching it continually, and I don't think I'm getting any healthier. <laughs> you yeah. put it on and just sit back. Come on, it's time to watch the video. <laughs> Boy, them people are sweating on there. Look at them go. I feel better already. It would be great if it worked like that, wouldn't it? Holy cow, just sit there and watch the video. It's time to exercise and come on, sweetie. Sit down here. Turn the video on. It would be glorious. Next scene, you're just like. Duh, duh, duh. But as you know, it doesn't work that way, right? We have to put effort into it. Proverbs 14, 12 says, there's a way that seems right to a man, but the end's the way of death. There's a way that seems right to a man, but the end is the way of death. Oh, I'm not going to get in agreement with them. I'm not going to go do that. That's not what I want to do. I ain't going to do that. Why? Because you listen to self and self didn't want to do it. Self didn't want to Read your Bible, self didn't want to exercise, self didn't want to pray, self didn't want to know more about God, self didn't want to do those things, and so you went and did what the opposite was. But then you're mad at God because he didn't do what you want him to do. And it goes back to Job. So who do you think you are? Did you hang the world? Did you set the limits to the sea? Have you all thought about this one? You know, in all the, uh, uh, the, and I know I'll get some controversy over this, but I don't care. You know that, that, that in the global warming, they're all talking about, you know, the ice uh what do you call them uh, ice caps are going to melt and the oceans are going to rise you know but as i read through the bible and look at what it said of this is god set the boundaries to the sea so then it tells me there's a boundary to it so who am i going to believe god or those you say well robert that just doesn't make sense you know see don't you understand? You know, the, and I said, I don't know. I'm just gonna play stupid here and believe God. Amen. You say, well, that's what's wrong with y'all. Y'all are ignorant, deplorables who just cling to your guns and your Bibles. That's me, sign me up on the top of the list, right? I mean, I don't know what else to do, folks. I'm just telling you, I have enough sense to know. That you can't sit down and go toe to toe with God Almighty and argue with him that you're smarter than he is and you've got a better way than he is. It would be better to sit back and say, God, I'm just going to pray and trust you. You're going to come out better, I guarantee you, because you're not going to win the argument with him. And then measuring yourself amongst yourselves. Well, at least I'm not as stupid as he is, isn't going to get you anywhere either, because then that's just going to keep you over here in turmoil and war all the time. Okay, according to James, and I'm, I'm going to finish up here and just let y'all out early, since you've been such good students and had not thrown anything at me. <laughs> James chapter three says, you know, hey man, your tongue is your problem. The tongue's a fire; it starts all these fires. It's a world of iniquity. The tongue is so set among our members that it defiles the whole body, it sets on fire the course of nature, and it sets on fire uh, by hell. Set on fire by hell. Do you hear that? You got a tongue of hell. Don't look at the person beside you and say, I knew there was something wrong with your tongue. That's what James said. James is preaching this and he says, you have a tongue of hell. Luke chapter six, verse 45 says, but it's out of the abundance of the heart. The mouth speaks. So you may have a tongue from hell, but it came out of your heart. So now I'm going to throw the rest of the screws. I've got like the, I've got like the. The the torque driver, and I'm just turning it up a notch, and I'm going just a little bit deeper. James chapter three verse thirteen. Look what it says. James three thirteen. And I want to get you bleeding real good. I want to pray over you and send you home. Go eat a biscuit and just you know be all right, or a little fried tofu if you so prefer. James three thirteen. Who is wise and understanding among you? Let him show by good conduct that his works are done in meekness of wisdom. But if you have, listen to what he says here, but if you have bitter envy and self-seeking in your heart, do not boast and lie against the truth. Look what he says here. I'm reading the Bible. This is, I'm not preaching out of the Reader's Digest, and I didn't write this. God did. This wisdom does not descend from above, but it's earthly It's sensual and it's demonic. For where envy and self-seeking exist, confusion and every evil thing are there. Wow. You know, sometimes I read a word and I think I know what a word means and then I had to go look it up and then I think that then I find out that word didn't really mean exactly what I thought that word meant. Envy. Out of just the Webster's Dictionary, envy means painful or resentful awareness of an advantage enjoyed by another joined with a desire to possess the same advantage. That truly is what envy means. Let me read that again. Painful or resentful awareness of an advantage enjoyed by another. Joined with a desire to possess the same advantage. He says, if there is envy, this is James talking here, for where envy and self-seeking exists. Okay, Jesus told you over here, you have to deny yourself, take up your cross daily and follow me, right? So the opposite of denying yourself would be self-seeking, correct? Correct. So if you're self-seeking, he says, confusion and every evil thing is there. So what if, this is just hypothetical. What if you've been praying and asking God, God, why is all this happening to me? And you're blaming it on him. When he said, well, I told you to get out of that mess. Deny yourself. Quit being self-seeking because that's over there in the devil's camp. I wanted you over here with me. I love you. Come on over. Get out of that sinking ship. Get over on mine. Yet we stand there in the middle of our sinking ship saying, God, make my ship float. And I can't. he said, I can't. It's not my kind of ship. It's a, it's a devil boat. It's a devil boat and you got a devil tongue. Do you hear what I'm saying here this morning, church? You talk about a devil tongue. There's devil tongues being loosed over this nation right now. It is demonic. It's so demonic. It's unbelievable. This is that wisdom. It doesn't come from above. It's demonic. My point I'm trying to make you folks is I don't know about you, but I do not want to be dev- demonically influenced. And usually when you think about being demonically influenced, you think about some witch in the backyard with a cauldron and a very old pointed hat brewing up some kind of, you know, something. But the truth of the matter is it's demonic when we are self-seeking, measuring ourselves against ourselves, walking in envy. We are walking in a place where it's demonic. And then the Bible says it's going to be loose. Your tongue's going to get in agreement with it. It's going to flame the fires of hell. And that's where your issue and your problem is in life. But if you just do what Jesus said, deny yourself. Go before him every day, humble yourself and say, Lord, I'm just here to submit myself to you. I do not measure myself with anybody else, Lord. I just am here to tell you, I'm, I'm just a, I'm a vessel that you can use. And I'll keep my mouth shut and do what you want me to do, Lord. Here I am. God, I love you. Help me. Jesus. That you'll be successful. You'll walk in victory. You'll go on high places with him. You'll know the love of God. The love of God will set you free. The love of God will, will compel your whole life. You'll be a blessing to everybody around you. You're not going to get worried about anything because you know God loves you. Hey. You don't have to worry about anything because you know that the one who counts loves you. Yes, Lord. Hallelujah. So we have to come down off our high horses. We have to get off our old high horse. Just get and knock our old bad self down. Let Jesus come into our lives, and watch what happens, folks. I'm going to go out of this off this earth serving Him. I'm telling you, I'm going off this earth serving the Lord, no matter what. I am not going to go over there. I'm not going to get into to, to uh, a devil tongue in my mouth and get me off over there in, into some other crazy world, no matter what they're doing, no matter what happens, no matter how crazy, you know, the world, I don't, sometimes I think I don't know how I can get crazier, and the next day it gets crazier. And I don't know how all that works. I don't, know what it's all gonna, I don't know how it's all gonna pan out. I just know that at the end of it, I'm just gonna be sitting there waiting, serving my Jesus, reading my Bible. Hallelujah. And I'm not gonna deal with anything. I'm gonna ask him, what does he want me to do? What, uh, what would you like me to do? And I feel so good because I feel confident because I know I'm going to win. Amen. Hello. Amen. So that's where you want to be too. So let's do this. Put your Bibles up. Stand up. Let me have a, my, our prayer team come down and, and here because I want to I want to pray for you. But I, I just I don't I just want to challenge you here this morning, church. I'm pretty easy on you. I usually just let you go and just you know whatever and you just can go. But sometimes I'm thinking maybe you go outside and just get to thinking about roast and gravy and rolls and <clears throat> what's on with the special at the cafe is today. And you, you forget about what the spirit of God's saying to us. And so I challenge you, church, this morning, if you need to get knocked off your high horse, with well, an open your heart in prayer as I pray for you and let God do it. If you don't know that God loves you, If you don't know that the God who spun this whole world into existence loves you, you've never accepted that. You're still comparing yourselves with everybody else and and your whole life is about you. Folks, listen to me. You're missing it. You're missing it because God Almighty loves you. And the Bible is so simple. He just said, man, all I want you to do is turn to me. I want you to turn to me. I want you to turn your back on self. I want you to deny yourself. Act like you didn't know who he was. And come follow me. And so if you're out there watching today and you've never made Jesus the Lord of your life, well, right there in your home, right on your car, wherever you are, you can ask him to come into your life. And he will right there. If you're sincere, you can just cry out and say, Jesus, I want to know you. I want to ask you to forgive me of my sins. I want you to be the Lord and Savior of my life. Please come into me and save me. He will right there. The spirit of God will touch you and he'll put your name in the Lamb's book of life and you will be saved. If you're in here, we've got prayer people you can come up and pray with. But I want to pray for your hearts. And I'm not going to make an altar call about that. I'm just going to say, if you really want God to have control of your heart, well, then right now, join me in faith as I pray for you. So, Father, right now, I just pray over all of us. Lord, we want to walk with you. We want to serve you, Lord. We want to be people who have denied ourselves, not people that are self-seeking, not people that are measuring themselves among themselves. Lord, we want to be denying ourselves and seeking you and your wisdom and your love and your grace. We trust you that you're able to complete this great work within our lives and that you love us. Today, Lord, we receive the love of God into our lives. We receive your love down into our hearts. To know that, Lord, mm, that you gave your only son for us, showing your love. And, Lord, we just accept that. We let that love break off every yoke, every chain within our life, everything that would hinder us from walking with you. And we take up our cross daily, Lord, because we want to serve you, Jesus. We want to serve you, Jesus. So we take up our cross. we determine we're walking with you so Lord I thank you today for blessing the people as we leave this building today and go out into this world no matter how dark it looks Lord let us be lights that shine let us be lights that shine forth and that people see Jesus on us and that Lord they come to know you bless them Lord and put your hand upon each of them in Jesus mighty name Amen and amen. God bless you, church. We're up here to pray for. If you're going to pray about anything, we're here to pray.